0: Welcome to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning. Welcome into the podcast. I am Jay. Today is December the 7th. It's 2021. Lots to talk about today. I want to start off by saying that um, this will be the last podcast at my current location. Um, I will be doing a podcast hopefully on Sunday and uh, we'll be introducing a new series that I'm going to be doing after I, I move and I think it's going to I uh, think it's going to be a good series, a good podcast series, a series of podcasts, as it were. And uh, so, yeah, today will be the, the last podcast uh, at my current location. And I want to send a shout out to to some great people that I've met here. I, I'm not going to call them all by name, because if I do that, you obviously, then you leave out someone and, and they get butt hurt. But I, I do want to say uh, where I am now, I've met some some great people, I really have, and uh, uh, I think uh, some of them will be lifelong friends, hopefully all of them will, but for sure some will, and uh, very talented people, uh, dedicated, uh, fun to hang out with, uh, fun to go out and get tasty beverages with. Uh, it's been an enjoyable time, just just great firefighters, and uh, uh, I've enjoyed the hell out of it, and uh, uh, going to uh, football games, hockey games uh birthday parties uh going out to eat uh going and getting wings going and getting pizza uh going back and getting pizza and going and getting wings uh just lots and lots of fun and uh i'm gonna miss uh i'm gonna miss these guys a great deal uh, one of the things uh you know it you know you you tell people all the time. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'll keep in touch. But I I intend to. That's precisely what I intend to do with these guys. And uh, just a great bunch of people. And and a few of them listen to the podcast, I know. So I just want to send out a a shout out to them. If you're listening to this, you probably already know who you are if you don't seek help immediately. Uh, So yeah. And uh, I want to start off today talking about uh, an anniversary, December 3rd, 1999, uh, the Worcester Coal Storage fire, where six firefighters perished. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things uh, firefighters become uh, numbers. They're more than numbers. You know, it's not just the Worcester Six. So let's call out their names uh, Paul Brotherton, uh, Lieutenant Timothy Jackson, uh, Jeremiah Lucy, uh, Lieutenant James Lyons, the third. Uh, Joseph McGurk and Lieutenant Thomas Spencer. Uh, they're carrying on the best traditions of the Worcester Fire Department in 1999. Uh, they went in to save people. They then went in to save firefighters. Unfortunately, uh, they all, uh, all, these six perished and it left a tremendous uh, mark on Worcester and uh, on the fire service at large. Um, you know we remember their sacrifice we also remember that they left behind families and friends and, and brothers and sisters and so uh, didn't do a podcast on the third but obviously I want to say that uh, you know my condolences uh, remain with everyone in the Worcester area uh, especially family friends and, and co-workers there were also two line-of-duty deaths uh, this week uh, one in Illinois Uh, and one uh, uh, in New York Um, and I will talk about them more on Sunday but uh, you know I did want to send out my condolences to to all involved and and to the respective departments as well never easy having a line-of-duty death and uh, when you have it um, you know things change they do Uh, It changes dynamics in in profound ways. But what remains are people who have to deal with it, and then they get right back to the job. And that's not cruel. That's Unfortunately, it's the way it is. It's life. Um, The world does not stop for any of us. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the way it is. So let's move into... uh, the topic of leadership. I want to talk a little bit about leadership. Um, I've had some interesting discussions over the last week uh, with uh, someone who um, is now a, a chief of department and he and I go way back. Um, he told me he never really thought that he would become a fire chief and, and frankly neither did I. Um, but we're both happy. He's obviously happier for himself than I am for him, but I am happy for him. Quality person. And we were talking, and, and he is what you might call a, a, a firefighter's fire chief. He is intensely all about his firefighters. Um, and he's always been that way. He, every decision that he reaches, um, he asks himself and the people around him How will this benefit our firefighters? And he reminds me of of a person who is in the military and understands that no matter the title, you're still a member of the military. This guy could have 200 titles, but at heart, he's a firefighter. Some fire chiefs are so happy uh, to, to be able to to put on their cars that they're a fire chief and and to walk around with their uh, their little brittle chest saying, look at me, uh, this guy's not one of them. He is someone who uh, who's happy to be a firefighter. He happens to be the fire chief, and um, I think he's going to have a great future. Um, it's a it's a nice sized department. He told me he said we're not that big. Um, it's I think fifteen. 14 or 15 stations, and he said, we're not that big. He said, but, you know, um, we're going to take each and every day like we're the biggest and the best. And uh, frankly, I, I kind of like that approach. You know, it's sort of that combat-centered approach of of uh, each and every day. Did you show up to work ready to work? Um, you know, if you come in, at, it, if your shift starts at 0800, are you working at 0800? And I don't necessarily mean you know, doing this and that, but your mindset. And that's the type of leadership that people need. Um, it's the difference between leaders and managers. Uh, you know, managers always manage to screw everything up. They really do. Um, I don't like managers. I don't like the term. Uh, as I've said a million times, you can manage a convenience store, but if you try to manage people, um, they feel exactly like uh, some stale donuts on a rack at a at a convenience store, they're being managed as opposed to being led. People who opt in for this whole management thing, they're people who can't lead. Um, they really can't. And it's unfortunate. And, and here's one of the great things. I don't care uh, who you are, where you're from, or, or whatever. Um, you do have a choice about these things. You can choose to be a leader. You can also choose to not be a leader. And uh, far too many people choose uh, to be uh, to be something that is the antithesis of leadership. And so I wanted to point that I also wanted to give a shout out to to my friend um, real happy for him, and uh, he's gonna do a great job, I think. and uh, again, congratulations, brother. Uh, you deserved it, and I'm happy for you. He's gonna come on the podcast. Um, I think he said in March, uh, first week in March, um, we're gonna we're gonna do a podcast, and, and we might end up doing a series. We're, you know, he's he's pretty far away actually, so it's all gonna have to be online. And um, he has the internet skills of uh, the Emperor Caesar Augustus. In other words, he has zero internet skills, and uh, so it's gonna be a bit of a challenge to to introduce him to something called a computer. We'll do that in March. You know, lots of people want to uh, want to go to classes and stuff, and that's a good thing. Um, you'd hope more would want to go, you know, more and more each year. Um, but, you know, here's something that's important. The quality of the classes is vital. To go to a class that sucks, you get nothing out of it. Um and, and let's face it, there are a lot of those classes out there. Uh, but your attitude helps determine the success of the class. If you have a positive attitude, and I don't mean a jump up and down, look at me, I'm so thrilled to be here type of pos- positive thinking, uh, you know, that's annoying. I'm talking about if you go in with the intent of trying to learn, you know, and, and it's, it's hard sometimes to learn when you already know the material. And lots of classes, especially, you know, some of the, academy classes, say, for example, or these online classes, or, or certainly some of them are the same way, is very difficult because they're, they're telling you, this is air. And air is, but you can learn from it. You know, one of the things that I think you learn is how not to teach a class. There are so many people that are so book oriented, and I'm talking about in how they approach everything. They cannot change the class to fit the people they're talking to. And you have to be able to do that. Now I know that probably goes against the Department of Education's, uh, you know, uh, education sort of uh, Nazi people. You know, let's let oh, it has to be this way. It has to be steps one through ninety eight. Um, but the fact is, if you want people to learn, um, especially if you want them to learn advanced material, um, you have to have some free flow to it. Just reading from a book or showing a bunch of powerpoints that. That can work too uh, with some people, but the vast majority um, of people are gonna lose interest quickly and uh, I think it's important to to understand too that with the advent of social media with the advent you know of, of all that it brings, keeping people's attention when people are used to being sort of uh you know glued to a phone or they can't sit still and you can watch people and see that when they sit down they have the phone in their hand if they lay the phone down they have to be directly talking to somebody if they stop talking they pick the phone back up or they change the channel on the tv they always have to have some sort of activity going on so people don't sit and think a lot i should say there are people who don't sit and think a lot um, in fact, the worst thing in their minds is thinking at all. Um, they have to constantly have something in front of them. It is very hard to keep people's attention like that. Um, and so the material has to be uh, lively to keep these people's attention. Um, I have my own solution for it and and that's that you you rent an airplane, all right. You get up in the airplane, and when people stop paying attention, you toss them out. Nothing gets someone's attention like free falling uh, from, say, fifteen thousand feet. Uh, but and, and that's certainly how you feel sometimes when you're talking to people. You can see people tune out. Um, and to be blunt, when the material is dry and the person's up, the the person up there is just drone. It's a drone. I tune out as well. Um, it's actually a skill, you know, and a lot of married people have learned this skill well, and that's to tune out other people. Uh, unfortunately, when you're trying to learn something, uh, when you're trying to teach people something that might save their lives, not everybody's going to have the same motivation. It's great when you can get a class and everyone in there is motivated. That's, that's awesome. It's also uh, rare, to To find people who are that motivated to learn something, however, if you start putting uh, together uh, ways to keep them to keep their attention and uh, motivation, you know one of the things that's been lost in in recent years is the spirit of competition. People don't want to be competitive anymore. They're afraid they might hurt somebody's feelings. I think competition drives education. It drives learning. Now understand this. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, the sort of competition that that shames other people, though let's face it. Um, shame is a powerful motivator in many things, and when it gets down to actually a life or death thing, if you have to shame someone to get them to pay attention, that's life. Um, again though, it's not something I would advocate uh, you know generally, only in certain circumstances. Now, certainly the military is a place where people can be shamed and, and have to you know, jump to. Nonetheless, uh, you have to find ways to motivate people. You have to show them that it's in their best interest. And frankly, you have to own the room. That's another thing. It's one of the reasons why I advocate this approach. Not everyone does it and not everyone should. It's the way I do it. That doesn't make it right by any stretch. But... If I'm out, and let's say I'm talking to some guys and we're raising ladders, uh, I want them to pay attention to the life and death things. I don't give two solitary hoots about you know what an ifsta manual says about it. I, I really don't. I don't care what what's the fire one or fire two or anything. I don't give a damn about any of that either. I want them to be able to do the job, and the way you do that is by focusing on the people and asking for more than they're willing to give. You know, if, if somebody's putting a ladder up or stretching a line, you have to put obstacles in their way. Guys sometimes laugh at it when they're dealing with me. They're like, dude, you make these things, you know, like a scenario, I'm gonna add more things in there. And I'm going to add them on your first scenario and on your 50th and on your 250th. And the reason why is if you expect a lot, people will shock you with the way that that they respond. I, there's a guy, um, uh, he's in the area I'm living in now, um, and just a good guy. Uh, he's a career firefighter. He's a volunteer firefighter as well. Um, uh And I remember when, when I came up here, me and a bunch of guys, we were at this department and and we were doing a scenario and this dude just blew it away. I mean, he did blew it away. And I think people were shocked, but that's the point. If you challenge people, if you give them something, they'll surprise you with what they come up with. Conversely, you have people who look like all-stars, right? You think, man, these people, they've got it licked. You know, they, their uniforms just so they know all the lingo, but then you put them in a scenario, and it's difficult for them to find the windshield wipers on anything. They also surprise you, and that's the people you have to work with more. Um, but again, education, training, vital. Important things, vital got a question you ever meet an authority on everything it's well let's put it this way it can be very frustrating and here's where it's even more frustrating when everybody knows the person's like that everyone so i got told about this person they're like yeah this person you know authority on everything but can't do anything um and Thankfully, I've not met too many like that. But here's the thing. If you're an authority on everything but proficient at nothing, maybe don't talk so much. You know, it, it's it's weird how people will do that. Um, you know, you, let's say you're on an aircraft with the person. You know, you're sitting beside him. you're flying somewhere. And you go, wow, the engine's making a lot of noise, isn't it? Yeah, well, I built that engine. Actually, my uncle did. And you're like, Oh, really? And then you start talking about maybe lift and how lift works. Oh, yeah, I'm an expert in physics. Really? I didn't ask. And it's the same in, in, in emergency services. You know, you can hold up a, a door wedge. Say, hey, look, this is pretty neat, isn't it? Yeah. Well, let me tell you about that door wedge now. Let me tell you about the best way to do the door wedge. Maybe they know, but typically they don't. They know the surface knowledge. Once you start challenging them, they start falling apart. Um, you know, you learn to deal with all types of people. You do. But some people, it's very difficult to deal with. They simply drive you insane. And, uh, but again, the best way to deal with them is to challenge them on everything they say. Um And if you do, you find out they don't know a lot. And after a while, they tend to quiet down, at least most do, unless you meet that one person who never, ever comes up for air. They are always knee-deep, just verbiage rolling out of their mouths. They're like Peyton Manning at the line of scrimmage. Manning would have a a call, but he he would talk for 15 seconds, Blah, 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 blah. And then he'd finally snap the ball. That, that person is a Peyton Manning. Um, and that's not knocking Peyton. I'm just saying that it's the way that it is. Anyway, always interesting to meet people like that. So much better when, when you don't have to deal with them at all. Period. Finally, I want to talk a little bit about brotherhood. Lots of people talk about the brotherhood, and the brotherhood is many things. So, you know, he, here's the thing. Here's what brothers don't do to to brothers, right? Um, They don't throw them under the bus. They don't try to uh, get promotions or get noticed on someone else's back. Here was always my philosophy and the philosophy of every good uh, fire department and the people I know around the country that I've ever been around. You always solve problems, right? You always solve them at the lowest possible level. It is a sign of a strong, strong organization and of outstanding leaders, actually, when things get solved at the lowest possible level. And it's the hallmark of uh, an excellent fire department. You solve problems as low as you possibly can. What does that mean? Well, if a firefighter finds something that a firefighter did or whatever, forgot to do, whatever the case may be, they solve it right things typically don't get escalated at, at great places unless it involves a safety issue of such importance that you know someone could get killed and typically then it only goes to the company officer it shouldn't go any higher now if if you know if someone comes in in the morning and the truck you know engine has no water um I mean, we we get into some ridiculous things that obviously have to be escalated to at least the company officer level. Those things are so rare that when they happen, it shocks you. It does. But here's a sign of poor leadership. It's leaders who want to know everything that's going on. It is impossible to know everything that's going on, and leaders should not hope for that. Some people, of course, will will take exception to this. And I'm looking at you, poor leaders. Um, And and here's the thing, right? Every time you try to screw over another firefighter, um, you know, you get that mark on you. And here's something else. You deserve to be called out. You deserve to be called out in front of everybody, you know some people will say well you know here's the thing right um we have standards obviously you do and you need standards and people who make mistakes it should be they should be approached and and you should talk about it and figure things out but when brothers are trying to cut other brothers throats it is not the sign of a good organization it's the sign of piss poor understanding among firefighters it's a sign of piss poor company officers uh, or a company officer, uh, whoever's involved, and it, it just goes on and on. And here's the thing: very few people, very few people, um, will ever make it a whole career being that way. Some might. Let's face it, you know, because it, it, I mean, even a turd, as bad as a turd is, a turd will float, right? So, so people do float through a career. But you never want to be that person because here's the thing. No one is more shocked and outraged than someone who gets the return envelope, right? So you get somebody who likes to rat on other firefighters or, or they like to, to say, oh, I'm trying to do my... It's always the same. I'm trying to do my job. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're, you're trying to look good and you're trying to look good on the backs of people who would not do the same thing to you. But these people... They're shocked when it happens to them and they get outraged and they go, how could somebody do this? Really? Let me tell you how. It's because of you. That's how. And let's face it, two rights don't make a wrong. We all know that, that's kindergarten level stuff. Um, At the same time, when you're narking on other people for no good reason, it ends up when people nark on you no one is upset for you no one goes oh man that really sucks they're they're smiling when they say it yeah <laughs> that must suck considering you've done it then you get into the whole quid pro quo thing and it gets ugly right so here's the thing and and this is just a word of advice to people take it or leave it i don't really care but here's the thing if you see a problem if you see something fix it um if it needs to be escalated, then escalate it. But remember that escalating something takes a problem, typically, and it adds another layer to it. And now it's being tossed around. And when it gets tossed around like that, um, we tend to, to view it as something that was minor, now becomes major. And if you are so focused on something that is minor, it says a lot about leadership and about what you're focused on. There are so many things to be focused on in the fire service, a lot. There are things that everyone should focus on. But if you're focusing on something that could have been solved in two minutes and you've escalated it, now it's got another layer to it, it's becoming bigger and bigger, and the snowball effect happens. You started at the top of a of a, uh A slope, and you start rolling it down. What's it do? It gets bigger and bigger. It creates, you know, gravity's hell, isn't it? You know, more energy. Um, And uh, now you have an out-of-control situation. And it happens constantly, especially with people who don't know what they're doing. They think they do, but they don't. Um, They talk a good game, but people hate them. They talk about leadership. People despise them. And unfortunately, uh, everybody gets painted with that brush when they're around that particular person. It's an ugly situation. So here's the thing. If you have a problem, solve it, right? I mean, just do it. As I said, the big, big things, the things that are already big boulders, um, that's a different story. You know, it is. It, it really is. If somebody's sabotaging equipment, if if... You get, you, know, you get to work and, and all the air packs are gone when you take over the ship. That's a big problem, okay? <laughs> Let's face it. That's a huge, huge problem. Trucks got to go out of service, all sorts of things. But if you're focused on the tiny minutiae, that says a lot about you. It says a lot about your ego. And it says a lot about the amount of respect that the people around you have for you. It's a tiny, infinitesimal. And that's pretty small, people it's a tiny amount and it's your fault every time so do your job by all means know your job do your job don't sweat the small stuff just fix it so much easier when that happens right i mean it is if it's happened a hundred times the same thing sure that's different but just fix things you know you can't go in the backyard and fight like like used to be able to. That solved a lot of things. Um, now you got people, they're, they're willing to rat on you for anything. Nothing's worse, in my opinion, than a, than a rat. Um, but life goes on too, right? You got to pick them up, put them down, and hopefully people learn their lessons and we go back to what the brotherhood is, which is helping take care of each other, uh, being there for each other, and uh, not polluting the gene pool with that rat DNA because it's a horrible thing. It's tough to get out once somebody is known as that. It's very tough. So we'll move on. Be back on Sunday. And uh, until then, everyone stay safe.